And it feeds you ideas, right? So like that video I mentioned, what if other departments worked in sales? It came because I watched you, Ross and Ben chatting about like, hey, should should other departments have a target over their head? That's from this Everything podcast. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Listen to this podcast. See Puyon? Value. Value created. Value, right? If you ever value shot it. <laughs> My work is done. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm gonna Sell go, the company. Go get, I'm going to go get buzzed now, Will. You inspired me. I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you, but hey, we'll take your word for it. That's some royalty free shit, people. That's what we do. We're back. I'm Puyan from Scratchpad here with Corp. Of Good Corp. to see you again. Great to see you as well. I know. I know. I still, every time. Every time. <laughs> uh, but excited for today for another episode of Beyond Quota. We've got Will uh, Aiken with us. Did I pronounce that right? Let me try it. You again. nailed it. Yeah, most people okay. go through for Atkins, so thank you. Okay. Well, we've got Will Aiken with us. And apart from having an awesome background that we'll get into on uh, how it's actually been controversial, maybe in one or two cases, um, has a really interesting story around sales and content and maybe even back to sales. So. That's probably a first that I've heard. Give us the quick, I don't know, one minute elevator spiel on where you were, where you are. So born in 1994 in the city of Milton Keynes, UK. Uh, I, I, basically, I was in B2B sales for a little while there. I started making little ticky talks. Um, I was selling software to sales leaders. The personal brand was helping me out, but it got the attention of my now boss, Tyler Lassard at Vidyard. So he brought me on as a founding member of the sales B team. And now... Um, I've taken. I've done the dark switch from sales to marketing, which Ross, you know all about, right? Uh, <laughs> I've heard about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the quick background. So right now, full time, full time content creator uh, on behalf of Salesfeed. I haven't heard that much in terms of the content that's out there. Right? There's. It feels like every, well, I shouldn't say this. Maybe I will. It's like everyone's creating content for salespeople now. As I sit in front of two people <laughs> creating content for sales. Yeah, everyone's a LinkedIn right. influencer these days. Yeah, totally. <laughs> sales influencers Thanks, left and TikTok. right. Maybe I've just missed it, but right. But everything's on like, oh, you should, you know, the question you should ask when you start, the follow-up email template you should send. Have you seen anyone actually take a deliberate accent approach? It's like, hey, go put yourself in a training program for four weeks. Learn how to do this accent and then start cold calling. I sit next to a guy. So I, I went from sales to recruitment and then I recruited salespeople. And that's how I knew I wanted to work in SaaS because they're being paid really well. I used to sit next to this guy and he was British, but he had Indian parents. And he actually went to training to sound l- less like from his because he actually found that I had a direct result on his conversions. Now, I don't think... I think that's not a fair comparison, but that that is a thing that people will do. It's a shame, but um, I've definitely heard a lot of people have to go down that route. I mean, there is implicit bias, explicit bias, racism. I mean, it's all of it, right? Like all you're trying to do is it's it's all psychology. And you either, if there was like a single opening line that was the silver bullet, whoever comes up with that is a Nobel Prize winning billionaire at that point because they're closing every deal. They're they're absolutely killing it. So. You know, that's where I like personally struggle on the whole like sales content, sales like train. A lot of people are like, dude, give us more like serious stuff. And I'm curious on your thoughts about this because you you do much more. I mean, you obviously do the comedy stuff, which is great, but you also tend to do a little bit more actionable like sales advice, like true sales advice where I tend to like shy away from that because I don't, I don't feel like there is, I know it works for me, but it's not going to work for most other people. Like what you just said there, Ross, as well, like if there was one silver bullet, 
no, I'd hope they wouldn't tell everyone what it is because they're, they're, everyone would go ruin it. <laughs> like it stops being a silver bullet when everyone's doing it. It's no longer a pattern interrupt. It just stops being that when everyone's doing it, it's no longer special. Now, for me, making actionable content, um, yeah, kind of. I still feel like an imposter, mate. Like I mentioned, I now work in marketing. I haven't closed. I have recently, but I hadn't closed a deal for nine months, and I was still posting about sales three months ago, right? Um, and I, the way I look at it is you don't have to take everything you read as gospel and light. And it's, I like to pick and choose. So I like, you know, Jed, Jed Marley's uh, point on how to deal competitors. But I like, I don't know, John Selig's cold call open because it's funny. So I like to look at it like that. It's kind of like a pick and mix. You don't have to take everything that someone says is gospel. I 100% miss. Like, and the people on TikTok, they let you know when you miss. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're ruthless. So like, it's okay, it's okay. And like, I think that's just part of it. Um, is that when you when you're out there looking at this advice, you just find stuff that works for you and you take that. And I find the best sellers are kind of taking a bit of everywhere. They're not like, oh, I love David Sandler. And I do everything he ever taught. That stuff came out like 30 years ago now. So they're probably doing a little bit of that, a little bit of Keenan or whatever. And I think that's that's how the best sellers take it. The newbies probably are taking a lot of stuff gospel and just, oh, Will said it, so I have to do it, right? So I think there's there's some nuances there, but that's how I look at it. How did you get into creating content in the first place? Tell us about that. I've always liked, loved attention, to be fair, right? Um, <laughs> it was probably naturally going to happen. I always wanted to be a YouTuber, like uh, like gaming or whatever. I don't know what it is. I started like three different YouTube channels, and now I use them all to like my own videos. Uh, but when it, I think I, I made a post in like January of last year, so it wasn't that long ago, and Sarah Brazier had just closed a deal with my company, Proposify, and I had kind of given her, been giving her the inside scoop because I followed her, and I was like, yeah, this is what's happening with Ops right now. Think we were churning from chorus and going to gong so i was kind of giving her like what objections were coming up internally and then i made a post and she liked it and that obviously when you when you get people like that and like it get, kind of got a bit of momentum behind it and i saw some direct kickback onto my pipeline from that uh people re- requesting demos from me uh people mentioning it during our calls when i was getting back on calls with customers as i was at nae so then i was like oh, i should do more of this and then i posted a meme about there's this guy on tiktok and he goes trade deal I said, you get this and you get this. And I was like, should, should I start making sales TikToks? And I was like, yeah, do it. And then I just did that every day and it became a bit of a hobby. And then it became this. How do you go about the content you put out there? Like, how do you think about that? Is it planned? Is it just whatever comes to mind? Sometimes I think of an idea and I'll just write it down. But I'm, I've like got more ideas than I can action right now. So like, it's, it's more so like most of it's just in the moment. I think of something funny. I'm like, that's funny enough to make. Like probably the most successful video I've had to date was like, what if other departments got treated like sales? I was sick that day. I woke up feeling horrible, but I had this idea like right before I went to bed and I woke up, I was like, I need to make that right now. And then it went ahead and became like, LinkedIn's obviously a little bit harder to go viral on, but it became the biggest post I've had on LinkedIn. And uh, and that's normally how everything goes. It's kind of like, what am I going to make today? It's always the quickest stuff that's the best. It's always the stuff that comes in a moment of inspiration. Like you can sit down there and grind out a bunch of TikToks or like ideas and then like, you'll find they're uninspired and kind of contrived and like they just don't hit the same. At least right. on TikTok though, you can like put out a volume. They they want you to put out a volume of content. If something bombs, like no one sees it. It's not like yeah, Instagram where people part. go to your feed and are like combing through your feed. It's like they either get presented it or they don't. And like, yeah. I think I used to be, I used to hard avoid all other content. Like I didn't want to watch anybody else's content because I didn't want to be either accused or influenced or like, inspired is a bad choice of word here, but inspired by somebody else's thing to do something similar. Cause I always was like, I'll come up with something original. I want it to like be totally different. 
And then I got to a point where I was like, what, what am I, why would I do that? Why wouldn't I just like with, with TikTok, like originality for yeah. better or worse has kind of gone away. And it's yeah. like, you can repurpose, like they've created kind of templates and like repurpose, you can repurpose things for your own voice. And like, it doesn't matter for again yeah. for better or worse like old school people would be like that's bullshit like new stuff like you need to do blah 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 but now i'm kind of like you know this is the game now and this is how you got to play and like now yeah. now i also sit there and watch a bunch of content like much more and, than i'm and, like and it feeds you ideas right so like that video i mentioned what if other departments worked in sales it came because i watched you ross and ben chatting about like hey should should other departments have a target over their head Right. And I was like, oh my God, wouldn't that be a funny idea if everyone had? And then one of the comments was like, yeah, put you know the marketer on a pip if if she doesn't get 100,000 likes on the next Instagram post. And right. then I saw that and I was like, oh, that, that tapered off, right? So it's not necessarily copying, but it's like looking for inspiration in places, right? It's totally. Like That's from this everything podcast. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, listen to this podcast. See, Puyon, value. Value created. Value, right? If you ever value doubted created. it. <laughs> my work is done. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going uh... yeah. Sell the company. I'm going to go get buzzed now, Will. You inspired me. What do you think the future of like content creation in B2B is? Like, do you think, you know, the every reputable B2B company at some point will have a, and I know you hate the term, so do I, like evangelist or like a chief content creator or a content machine of some sort that is outside of, that is not traditional marketing? I think one in every category, at least. Um, I think, I think the issue, the issue companies have is because they've got VC funding. And they got these investors who are like, give us metrics, show us where the money's coming from, is that this is a really hard thing to justify. And it's not cheap to hire. A, even if you're, let's say, let's say you're a HR tech company, right? It's so easy for us to get trapped in this like revenue tech space because we sell it. Um, and it's easy for a salesperson to become a marketer. There is potential for someone who's in HR to go and join a marketing team for a HR tech company, right? That's, that's a potential as well. We're not even thinking about those things. Um, the issue is... The metrics attached to this type of role are like likes and comments. It is so hard to prove attribution of this kind of thing that you do really need a forward-thinking founder and VC and, and board really behind it to actually make it happen. And most companies just don't have that. So I think at least one in every category will, will, will jump in on this and make a ton of money from it because I do know that we've seen some people who are like, it's the soft stuff that you can't, it's hard to measure, but when you put in your gong thing, like, pick up for the word Will Aitken being said out loud and you start to see that in sales conversations that Vidyard are having. Well, at that point, like it's like the light bulbs stop going off and they're like, oh, right, okay. This is actually, it's feeding in somewhere we're just having a hard time tracking it. But that's the, that's the biggest challenge. So if, maybe if tracking gets better on that side of things, if social listening and all that improves, then it'll become more common. For the time being, I, I think it's still a risky, especially now, it's a risky venture for a lot of companies. Like content creation needs to be more authentic and more raw and more truthful. And a lot of companies are scared of those truths and like customers seeing those truths or hearing kind of how the other side thinks or, or even how both sides think. I, I think like, you know, the reason like doing this stuff for salespeople is probably the easiest, isn't the right word, but the best fit for like consumers of like comedy towards their profession and so forth. Whereas like, I mean, you see all these cybersecurity guys who are just like freaking out on LinkedIn about God knows what, like what, what a side, like a, a CISO, like a security analyst, like content look like maybe I'm sure there's something. Oh yeah. Know? But they're probably not on LinkedIn because they're trying to hide from us and our, yeah. our horrible sales messages. But to be fair, Puyan, like you, 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 I'd like to throw the question back on you because you kind of got a similar thing going on with, you know, Ross and Ben does a lot of content as well. 
I think you're right. And it, trying to find good old Roy in this journey is hard or ROI, I should say. Um, good old Roy. Uh, <laughs> I think you have to change your thinking on it. And I, I actually think it's more of a foundational belief of, do, do you believe that good storytelling will have an impact in, in some way, shape or form on what you do? And, and I certainly do. I actually think storytelling is one of the most important skill sets to learn, whether you're going into sales, to marketing, definitely if you're going into starting anything, right? Especially a company, because all you're doing is telling stories, right? When you're trying to raise your, your first round, hire your first folks, it's all story. You don't, maybe you have a, 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 an early version of a product, right? So I come from that school of thought and that belief that stories matter. Um, I believe people consume and remember stories a lot better than anything else. So for me, it's actually a lot easier to like lean into this and say, listen, I don't know exactly what metrics we're going to track or what necessarily the outcome will be. I just fundamentally believe that this is an important thing to do. And in, in parallel to that, though, I think you also have to believe that it's a creative endeavor versus a scientific endeavor. Because to your point, like you called it before, how many misses do you have before you have one that finally lands and how, how many times do you go through something and you learn and then your, your own mental model improves and you start saying, okay, like I start building this intuition that this type of content is going to work better than that one. Depends on the type of company you're running to, like, you know, when you're using, doing kind of a PLG, like when, when you're in user or at least early on for scratch, but obviously it's changed now where like leadership and rev ops are like very much involved in this, but like in the OG most basic form is like, we're trying to get in front of sales reps and like, Sales reps are watching content. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. Like they're they're out there. And like I believe, I mean, obviously I believe the same thing around storytelling. And if you can create some sort of positive association, some positive feeling in conjunction with your brand, then that can only be net positive. And it may not manifest for years. It may not, you know, manifest in the way that we think it will at all, but who knows? Like, you know, where that story and how far it can and reach and influence people. But I, I, but back to what you were saying, Will, on, on the approach, I think you have to have at the highest levels leadership bought into the creative process and that recognize that, you know what, sometimes, not sometimes, most of the times there are misses and sometimes you have to test the boundaries to know that, okay, like that went a little bit far. We need to bring it back. Um, without that, then I think it's hard. The one that, that, that probably because it was at that line, right? That line is always a place where they can do really well. It's just about knowing how far you can go on it. But I wonder if you could take this outside the PLG movement too and, and just start, like, why, why not start creating content? I mean, go to the extreme. Why not start creating content for other CEOs, right? You talk about going high and wide in a deal, right? You certainly want to multi-thread up, but like to that extreme, CEOs are a TAM issue. But, that you is know, true. But a valuable, well, uh, but a from, valuable from a, enterprise type deal T- tam issue from what the tam issue from maybe the number of them right but yes. tam issue it could actually be huge from a, from a dollar from a value dollar much higher agreed agreed yeah agreed. that's the silver bullet right there well you start getting you start getting the ceo to say i want to buy this from every target company you have you'll probably probably do well on your quota the problem is not enough ceos are watching content that's the thing as well and the reach relies on like it, it scales right the reason why it's really it's easier to make content for the sales rep is because there's hundreds of thousands of sales reps, but there's probably only tens of thousands of VPs at sales. So it becomes smaller and smaller. And the way you get them to see the content 
is like because it gets liked by one person, which shows it to two more people. So you'd have to find like a, a core network, shake some hands and get them to like it so their friends will see it, right? So there's probably some thoughts to that. I'm going to go shake some hands at Sastra and then do it. Or if it's valuable enough, just go direct. Yeah, we'll see it, Sastra. Yeah. We'll be there. Send it straight to him. That's a really good point as yeah. well. People don't do that. They're way too ply about content. You sent me a funny video. <laughs> I'm going to be like, thank you. That was awesome, right? Well, that's what Ben and I are going to do. We're going to be cold calling CEOs to watch uh, Sales are Dope when that comes out. Are you actually? A big, big part of our campaign. Yeah, we're, Ben and I are going to be on the phones just calling sales VPs and CEOs and be like, you need to watch this. You want to get some great content out of that. Yeah, I, did I think we are. Yeah. Did the same all, thing, I have a feeling I'm on that list of not being called, but be like, hey, uh, Puyam, we need some extra bandwidth here. So could you join in and start yes. cold calling with us? Yeah, yes. we're going to need uh, some executive uh, leadership here, lead from the front, maybe hop on some of these calls for us. Let's get our engineering team involved. I think that'll be fun to start getting. That would be actually hilarious videos. Oh Engineers cold calling to watch the show yes. and have them cold call about that. There you go. There's, there's a... Oh God! I, I can already feel them cringing. Make a cold call. Yes. Yeah. Make Mark can do it. Um, well, actually, you got Ben. So that and and Ross. Sorry, all of you, really. Okay, spare um, me. First of all, I'm a consultant. I'm a consultant. Fair, like, I'd be curious <laughs> to see, like, if you called someone and was like, "Hey, it's Brian, the CEO of Scratchpad," and you started the call like that. I'd be curious because I always used to when I was a, 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 a little excuse making cold call. I'd be like, "Oh, it's easy for you because you can say you're the sales manager." I always thought my leaders had like a an extra an extra card in their pocket because they could say, hey, I'm the VP of sales. I wonder if there'd be any noticeable difference. I think there's definitely a difference. Like, I think if you're on par with someone like Kuyan calls a CEO, they're much more likely to listen as like an equal and peer. Whereas like every, you know, we're just a bunch of sales gnats at the bottom, just a bunch of ants crawling around, just looking for scraps. You know, they they know. Yes. Um, all right. Well, well, so we're we're getting up on time. Maybe let's let's just ask, I heard you want to get back into sales. Who told you that? Little bird. A little, a little, yeah, a little birdie that flew by. But um, one, is that correct? And if so, that's an interesting one because usually we talk to folks that have found their way out. They stumbled into it somehow. Couldn't be happier. But yeah, <laughs> found out. their way out. But you, you know, you're. I'm selling stuff right now, but but not crazy active. And it, and and what what I'm doing is I'm trying to I'm trying to sell budget so I can spend more money on the stuff I'm making, basically. And we figured out the best way to increase my budget of how much good content I can make. And well, I've got the camera, but you know, get to take me places like to, I don't know, San Francisco and whatnot. To get that, I'm going to need to find that somewhere. We want, so I'm starting to sell sponsorships or sales feed to reinvest back in the brand and ideally bring that value straight back to the vendor. Um, we're getting a lot of eyes on us right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm basically having some conversations like those. So one so far, two, three so far. Uh, but two of them are little ones and one of them is a case size. So that's what I'm doing now. And it feels good because I feel like less of an imposter when I'm talking about sales again, right? That's definitely the hardest part about doing sales content when you're not on the floor every day. Can 1 million percent relate to that. I'm like, damn, am I getting out of time? Am I turning into the VP who doesn't know what's what anymore? Exactly. You know, It's been 13 years. I, I, feel, I feel that happening and I hate it. That's why you and Ben got to make those cold calls. Well, Ross, a- a- anytime, anytime you just want to get back into it and you, know, you feel like, you know, this is the day to start making some cold calls, we... We run that PLG motion. We've got the leads. You can throw them over for you anytime. Pick up the phone and make some calls. <laughs> Send me a couple of CEOs. Really, just let me start at the top. Let me work with my yes. people. <laughs> just burn the best leads. Yeah. You got to uh, yeah. open. Hey, it's cool, bro. Like that's how you got to open, though. That's I, I yeah. You, you, 
You got to. Sup, Johnny? It's Corporal here. How you doing, man? So, so, well, uh, two questions. What is your what's your um, recovery song first? You're in Australia. You get you just get laid into. Someone by, drops a uh, C bomb on you like five times. Yeah. It's not funny anymore. It was funny the first four times. I'd probably go down some T Swizzle for one. Okay. T Swift. Taylor. Yeah. Um, I'm f- familiar. Familiar. familiar with it. Yeah. Little known <laughs> country singer out of Nashville. Um, and for the song of hers, I'd probably go for Love Story or maybe even like Teardrops on My Guitar or White Horse, one of those. So, what's your op? What's the hype song? Yeah. Ah, oh, hype song. You got to go. I'm either going down ACDC Thunderstruck or X Gonna Give It Ya. Well, and last, last but not least, Will, please, this is the time to be shameless, self promote. Where can people find you? Where should they look for you? If they want to reach you, what's the best way to do it? Yeah. If you want to contribute to the sales feed budget, then hit me up on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active probably. Um, sales feed, Will Aitken. I'm on TikTok and LinkedIn for the most part. Those are the best places to reach me. And um, yeah, you, you, you'll know what to expect when you get there. It's it's kind of like knockoff Ross. Um, but in its own way, no, dude. It's um, much. It's it's more. And it's, um, it's not intentionally Ross. knockoff Ross. It's kind of like it's 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 a different thing. But it's, it's that Ross with an accent, so therefore taken more seriously. There you go, taken far more seriously. <laughs> you know, far more credibility. Awesome. Thank well, thanks for joining us. Beyond Quarter.